The call was one he shouldn't have taken. It was the kind of call, if you'd missed it, you'd never have known, and things would go on as before. If it caught you, though, you would find yourself doing some small thing you hadn't intended, then another, and before long, your life had been altered. It was that kind of call, though Dante didn't know it yet. He'd been out all night in the Excelsior district on a stakeout, cramped in the back of a Ford Econo line. So he'd just crawled into bed beside Marilyn. She stirred, but did not awaken. She lay in her nightgown, her dark hair spilling over the pillow, and her arms strewn recklessly. Dante closed his eyes. As the sky lightened, he skirted the edge of sleep, his consciousness flitting in the shadows. He was pursuing something, or being pursued, it was hard to tell. And he lay on the sheets, his legs twitching. He had a sensation that he was out on the old mudflats, at low tide, with the shore behind him. Overhead, the sky was dark with birds. He had the impulse to follow them somehow, but he could not lift his feet. His thighs were heavy. Then his cell went off. It occurred to him later that if he had turned down the ringer before climbing into bed, like he usually did, then things would have gone on the same as before. There would have been a message in his voicemail when he woke up, maybe, but the urgency of the moment would have passed. Someone else would have been drawn in. Instead, he took the call. He smothered the ringer so it wouldn't wake Marilyn, then stepped out of the room. He caught a glimpse of himself, or something like himself, his angular form emerging from the shadows from the half-light in the dressing table mirror at the end of the hall. What is it? Dante asked. On the other end was a fellow investigator by the name of Bill Owens. Dante had worked with him a couple of months back. I need your help, said Owens. There was something unusual in the other man's voice. A high note that could be mistaken for hilarity, the way the voice quavered in the digital signal. At the same time, Dante heard traffic in the background, the sound of someone crying close by, though he wondered later if the sobbing was in his imagination, a detail his memory added when it reconstructed the incident. As it turned out, Owens was on the Berkeley ramp to the Bay Bridge. Owens had been heading into San Francisco, driving his kids to the private school they attended in the city, same as he did most every weekday morning. Only this morning the cops had blocked off the ramp, then converged from behind. Dante glanced back into the bedroom, at Marilyn, languorous on the bed. She was a good-looking woman, but she made little pig noises while she slept. Truth was, she snored like an animal. I'm being charged with murder, said Owens. I don't understand. Eleanor, 
younger. It took Dante a moment. The younger murder. It had been a notorious case some thirty years ago. Owens had never really escaped its shadow. Eleanor Younger had been shot to death, an innocent bystander, during a bank robbery out on Judah. The police contended that Owens had been there on the scene, that it was a part of a spree of robberies connected to the old Symbionese Liberation Army. The case against him had fizzled, but it was one of those cases that circled back into the public consciousness from time to time. Either way, the cops wanted Owens now, his wife was out of town, and he needed someone to drive the kids to school. Where are they taking you? The reception was breaking up, and Dante receded into the hall.